Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable. And save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. 800-405-2561. That's 800-405-2561. You're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Now, today, we're going to have a guest on uh, who we've had on, I think, at least once before. I think maybe even twice. Maybe twice. Uh, yeah, long-time uh, Bay Area sports writer, Bruce Jenkins. I know a lot of our listeners, most of our listeners probably don't live in the Bay Area, but this is one of the major, as they say, markets in the country, and Bruce has covered... Uh, Major League Baseball since the late 70s, early 80s, covered the NBA since the late 70s, early 80s, and pro tennis and and soccer. So he's got a good overall perspective on some major sports that we'll get into today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That'll be fun. Yeah. Good writer. Uh, Award-winning writer. He's written several books as well, so um, I think you'll enjoy him. Maybe he'll compare a little history to what we're dealing with today. I don't know. I don't know if there's any way to compare what's going on to sports. (laughs) It's just, it's like the rest of the world. It's uh, unpredictable. Unpredictable. Yeah. You, you don't know who, who's going to win the championship next year. You think it's going to be this team, and then all of a sudden, guess what? They decided to fire this coach, or this oh, guy yeah. got injured, and all of a sudden, you know, it's another favorite. Yeah, I want to tell you, since up. he uh, uh, likes basketball, I want to ask him about the Rick Patino uh, the, the lawsuit against oh. Rick Patino from uh, Louisville yeah, I don't because know. of those vacating uh, victories. It'll be very yeah, interesting to get yeah. his take on okay. that. All right. So, uh, the uh, theme is going to be, uh, for our trivia, is famous NBA game-winning shots. Oh, there you That'd go. I think Bruce would be good at that. He'll, he'll be good I, at that. I, I might have a, a shot at that, too, because I'm okay. an NBA And I didn't fan. know he was going to be our guest when I came up with these yeah, uh, yeah. Good, questions good. here. All right. Yeah, yeah. This segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding 75 to 8% interest secured by real estate. It doesn't get any more conservative than that. The average loan of value is only 56%, so... Uh, very, very conservative. you got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. And don't touch that dial. When we come back from Sports Econ 101, we will have uh, Bruce Jenkins on. God, we got a lot of Bruces on the phone, on the, in, the, in <laughs> yeah. the studio. Okay, yeah, Good Scottish name. You know what? Good Scottish name. <laughs> that's true. Name. Robert the Bruce. Yeah, uh, right. Don't touch that dial. Very good. Uh, yep. You know your history. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Savor the best of Napa Valley during winter in the wineries, December 2nd, 2017 through February 4th, 2018. Calistoga's annual Wine Passport event provides the perfect, relaxed, romantic getaway during Cabernet season. Come discover both legendary wineries and small hidden gems sprinkled around Calistoga. You'll appreciate the slower pace of this special time of year in Napa Valley and soak up a bit more personal attention along the way with tastings at 17 exquisite wineries, large and small, that express the beauty of this distinct wine-growing region. You may want to make more than one trip to explore them all within this two-month period. To book your Winter in the Wineries passport package, email relax at mountviewhotel.com or call 707-942-6877. That's 707-942-6877 or send email to relax at mountviewhotel.com. Cruise into the holiday season sipping drinks and enjoying bay views with Hornblower Cruises and Events. Step aboard for a champagne brunch, savor the culinary creations with a festive dinner, or watch the fireworks from the water on a New Year's Eve gala. Make a splash and give the gift of a Hornblower Cruise or start a new holiday tradition. There's a cruise for any occasion. Sailing all December long, visit hornblower.com for reservations today. If you suffer from back pain, joint pain, arthritis, or other chronic pain, you need to try the water therapy benefits that Avantage Therapeutic Walk-In Bath provides. Not only does Avantage Walk-In Bath help get you in and out of the tub safely, it is proven to be beneficial to relieve aches and pains, giving you the relief to enjoy your day. You can enjoy taking your new bath and rejuvenating your body in as little as seven days. And if you call today and ask for the radio special, we'll give you a 15 hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath every call in the next 10 minutes will receive a fifteen hundred dollar coupon towards the purchase of a new vantage walk-in bath your aches and pains can be washed away call right now for a risk-free quote 800-552-6851 800-552-6851 that's 800-552-6851 Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone? Yeah, we got Bruce Jenkins, a good friend uh, who has worked in the media for many, many years, award-winning sports writer, written several books, and has covered uh, baseball and the NBA extensively, as well as tennis and and soccer. And I I think maybe the way to start today, Bruce, is I was just looking through the, the paper today, and there was a nice piece about a documentary uh, concerning Billy Ball, uh, Billy Martin, of course, who spent just a few years back in his native Bay Area managing the A's in the early 80s. And I believe you were covering the team at the time, uh, you know, when the A's were revitalized uh, with Ricky Henderson. And, of course, they had that amazing season with the Haas family ownership their second year. I, you were a young writer at the time, and that must have been quite a heady experience. Talk a little bit about what Billy Martin and Billy Ball was all about for those that are out there listening that may not know anything about it. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Hold on. 
<laughs> Sounds like, that's okay. You sound like me. Getting up in the morning is kind of tough. I need my morning cup of coffee. <laughs> How's it going, Bruce? <laughs> uh, it, you know, it was the first team I, I got to cover for the Chronicle in, in 1980 and 81 when Billy was, uh, you know, in his glory with the A's. And it's still my finest memory from uh, all of covering uh, baseball over the years. Uh-huh. On a day-to-day basis, you know, things kind of fell apart in 1982. But when he was on the rise in Oakland, uh, it was it was so much fun. He was a completely innovative kind of manager. He, he had a he had a lot of talent. He had a lot of great pitchers, and he had a great outfield with Ricky Henderson and Tony Armas and Dwayne Murphy. But that was about it. And he had to, that team had to get by on on guile as much as uh, the talent that they had and. And they got to the playoffs. They called the mini playoffs in 1981. It was a strike season, and they oh, yeah. had to shut it down. But they came back and got in the playoffs and beat beat Kansas City. You know, won a big game back the first game back there, and they're really the talk of the talk of the of baseball. They, they got brought down by the Yankees, which were a much better team in the playoffs. But but Billy was uh, a complex guy. He was very temperamental. He can be. Extremely tough. Uh, all of us writers had, you know, our, our times when he called us in and was upset about something we wrote. But uh, during the good times, there was no better, no better time to be in anywhere in baseball than in Billy's office uh, before or after a game and having him uh, take it apart. He was so honest, uh, brutally so sometimes. He, he was hilariously funny. He was sort of like the, the greatest terrible man on earth. He, he, was, he was, was a joy to be around and, and a holy terror sometimes, too. He, of course, he got in a lot of trouble uh, after hours. He, he liked to go out and have a few pops, and he was a real temperamental guy, and getting, he'd get in fights and God knows what. But um, it, was a, it was a terrific experience, uh, absolutely brilliant baseball man. I think the best in-game manager uh, I've ever seen. I, mean, he, I remember Bruce, he had a play. You probably remember this. Let's say... Uh, uh, a really slow runners on first. You'll say Jeff Newman's on first and Ricky Henderson's on third. And he had a play where Jeff Newman all of a sudden would break for second. Like, what the heck is he doing? And then, then take intentionally take a craft ball, just fall flat, you know, on his face. And while everybody's paying attention to him, Ricky scores from third. Mm. You know, just it's just stuff like that that we're just to steal a run here and there, mm-hmm. and it proved to be critical. So it was, you know, he's a area guy. He's from Berkeley. Uh, played in the Pacific Coast League for the Oakland Oaks, and and of course had great great uh, results managing the New York Yankees. And really everywhere he went, he had success. Usually not for terribly too long, because he got in trouble and got himself fired. But fascinating guy. Uh, yeah, who, who can forget about the Reggie Jackson uh, interwound with him? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he and Reggie, you know, talk about two two big egos there. That was a they they clashed pretty often. Uh, but you know. Billy didn't have the. He wasn't crazy. He's still going to blame. You know, he's not going to send yeah. him down. But and he was a he was a, actually a pretty good second baseman, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was very underrated. If you look at his uh, World Series numbers, they're fantastic. He he actually hit a got a base hit up the middle that won a World Series for the Yankees. He, he had a a game saving play where it was a pop up. They're playing the Brooklyn Dodgers and pop up to the infield and nobody seemed to want it. And Billy came racing in out of nowhere to make this sprawling catch and. And save the day there. Um, his his hitting numbers in the minor leagues are unbelievable. If you look him up, uh, real good, real good player, real scrappy player. Uh, but you know, he, he, between his temperament and his talent, and just his, but most of all, his knowledge of the game is what made him really special. I'm wondering why he wasn't in, and I guess I can understand it to a degree. 
why he's not in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he only won one championship with the Yankees as a manager, and he wasn't a great player, but he was a very good player, so maybe he just didn't quite fit into that high echelon. Well, again, that's a, the, theoretically, the Hall of Fame is supposed to be for the yeah. best of the best. Yeah, but I know mean, Rogers Hornsby. But you I'm know? just thinking <laughs> of his contributions in both areas. But I guess, yeah, as you say, Bruce, as, we, as you know better than I, because you're a member of the Baseball Writers Association, to, it, the baseball really holds a higher level uh, than, than the NFL or the NBA in terms of, or uh, I should say, Basketball Hall of Fame, in terms of admitting people, doesn't it? Don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, in terms of playing, he had, no, he had no chance to make it as a second Yeah. Player. Oh, well, you know, you mentioned guys like Rogers Hornsby and Joe Morgan, Frankie Frisch, Bill Mazeroski, Sandberg. You know, there's so many guys. His career numbers just really don't hold up at all. I, I think as a manager, I think he absolutely should be in. Uh, he, he turned every, he turned Texas around. He turned Detroit around. He turned the A's around. He won one with the Yankees. Um, he did flame out, and I think a lot of the reason he didn't uh, get in is because a lot of the writers just despised him. Yeah, simply. And well, I, yeah, that didn't that even happen with Ted Williams, where yeah. some people voted not to put him yeah. in the Hall of Fame. That, that not voting for Ted Williams, like the greatest hitter anybody's ever. Yeah, seen. That, see, that's the one thing that really drives me crazy, Bruce. Is I know, and I've dealt. You you know better than I because you did a lot more traveling. But dealing with the with the uh, thorny and kind of uh, prickly personality, sometimes you you have to pull yourself apart from being personally offended when they're yeah. when they're not exactly uh, forthcoming or. Friendly to you, and and look, but I I know we're just only human, so I guess that's just a normal thing, isn't yeah, like it? Like Ty Cobb, nobody liked him, oh, but he's in. But he's well, you, you couldn't yeah, argue I, with I, the numbers. You know, one thing yeah. I always tried to, to separate that. I mean, for for me, the the best example I would give would be would be Barry Bonds, who I certainly yeah. didn't like at all. He was a, you know, really a really despicable guy. Even his teammates felt that way. But I voted for him every year he's been on the ballot. I'd vote for him a hundred times if I could. Uh, because he was just that great of a player, and I, I don't, you know, that, what kind of a person he is to me doesn't weigh into it. No, and, and also the, the I was going to say the steroid part. Well, hasn't that's been, what I was going to say, yeah, Bruce. You know, so many people say, "Oh, he doesn't belong in there because he cheated," but uh, his numbers were pretty good before he started yeah. doing steroids to begin with, weren't they? Well, yeah, he he was just he was a great a great player from the very beginning uh, in all phases of the game. A real a real genius at the game, and I'm sure everybody who played with him and against him would. Would, would say that, uh, and you know, when it comes to the steroids, you know, that was obviously a very unfortunate era. It's, it's still going on to some extent. I just felt it's, it's very hard to determine exactly who was doing what, what the rules were at the time, and uh, it, you know, I've, I just I've always just voted for the best players of of their era, and that's. You know, that's, I respect every that. Every year has has its quirks, you know. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, you know, you mentioned Reggie Jackson before we take a break. I got to ask you about him because he mentioned in this documentary about Billy Ball that Reggie didn't like me because he was racist. And then the other players uh, that that Billy worked with, you know, Ricky Henderson and Willie Randolph and Rod Carew, say just the opposite. You think again? It's just a matter of of Reggie and and Billy having such strong egos and just a innate dislike for each other <laughs> that kind of a comment is not uh, not surprising That's ridiculous i mean R- R- billy wasn't a racist but if he if he didn't like you he he let it be known and if you were if you were an african american you know you could take it that way i'm sure pretty easily but sure. i just found way too much evidence to the contrary yeah. right. hey right. we're okay we're going to take a uh, first commercial break uh, trivia question here and uh, bruce if you remember uh, don't answer the question until after we come from uh, back from break. And the theme is game famous NBA game-winning shots. All right. The Indiana Pacers and Orlando Magic faced 
off in the 1995 uh, Eastern Conference Finals after the Magic made a three-point shot that left 1.3 seconds on the clock, the Pacers called a timeout. After the timeout, they had the ball at half court. What Pacer received the ball and made a jump shot from the top of the charity strike to win the game? That's our question. Top, top of the charity strike? Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the foul yeah, one. Is, yeah. The top of the key is what top you mean. The, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> I, when, I, when I read this, I didn't make that up. I, I go, I got I to gotta just read it yeah, the way yeah, it yeah. has. Okay. The, chari- the right. chari- or charity strike, not strike. Yeah. yeah. I must have had a typo there. But you're talking about the top of the key. In top words. of the key, yeah. 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 Okay. All right, that's our trivia question email. Edward at sportsecon101.com. When I come back, I'll read the question again. Okay. It's too long a question to read again. All right, All right stay with us. Uh, you're listening to Sports Econ 101. We come back. And we'll talk some basketball with Bruce. We'll talk about basketball with Bruce Jenkins. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. That's 800-222-2313. 800-222-2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warrantech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure. 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Trivia question number one. The Indiana Pacers and Orlando Magic faced off in the 1995 Eastern Conference Finals. After the Magic made a three-point shot that left 1.3 seconds on the clock, the Pacers called a timeout. After the timeout, they had the ball at half court. What Pacer received the ball and made a jump shot from the top of the key uh, to win the game? And I'm going to let Bruce answer that. I think I have a pretty good idea, but it's, it's pretty obvious. But again, I'm, I'm not positive. What do you think, Bruce? Um, I think it might have been Rick Smith. Yes. Really? I, don't tell me. Whoa. You were going to say Reggie I, no, Miller. No, I was going to say Reggie yeah. Miller. Rick Smith, <laughs> hey, the Rick center. Rick very good. Wow. That's a good one, Bruce. Now, Bruce, oh, you think okay. about nothing but sports your whole life, maybe you come up with stuff. <laughs> okay, but, but tell us, while I was reading the question, did you go on Google? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't, I'm, I don't have my uh, computer in front of me. That, that was a good stab, a lucky stab. That uh, was a very Rick good one. Smith's Rick Smith, a good, good player. I've you know, forgotten about him. Well, speaking of the NBA, I mean, the NBA right now is going through, I, I think it's kind of, kind of going through a renaissance because the Warriors – style of, of play with, with everybody being involved and a lot more spreading of the floor and and, and a lot more involvement of, of different players seems to be kind of having an effect on the rest of the NBA, and that's the way the game is played overseas, and that's the way the game, Bruce, you and I grew up watching in the, in the 1960s and the 70s. Is it, is it that simple or is it more than that? Because it seems like, the, 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 to me, the league is, is really getting a lot better now because of this kind of play that we're seeing, a, 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 ba- a back to the basics. Yeah, I think, you know, that it's it's a copycat league in the sense that, you know, whoever wins teams uh, you know, try to try to emulate them as much as they can. And of course, when you play the style of basketball the Warriors are playing, it's 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 not only the best way, it's it's the most uh, you know, pleasant to watch and satisfying and heartwarming and all those other things. Going back to the Boston Celtics and the Bill Russell days played that way. The New York Knicks in the early '70s played that way. The Magic Johnson's Lakers and Larry Bird Celtics, and it's just—it's so great to watch. And it's—you know—it's not easy. It has caught on. You see, Houston uh, Rockets with Chris Paul and James Harden have managed to work, make that work in a terrific way. They're moving the ball great, but it's not that easy. If you look at Oklahoma City, they've got Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony, and they struggle night after night because they're all used to playing isolation. They're not that ready to sacrifice. They're not comfortable just moving the ball around like the Warriors do. And, and it's because that's just their basic nature of three guys who, who have been accustomed to dominating the game. So, yeah, yeah, I was thinking about the same thing with uh, Damian Lillard of uh, the yeah. Trailblazers. It's like, you know, McCollum and him. I mean, they have, a, they have a very good team, but you just can't go one-on-one all the time. Even if you score 40 points, your team still loses. <laughs> Yeah, in that recent game, you know, Lillard, it looked like for a minute there he might single-handedly take the Warriors down, but it just it just doesn't happen that way. The, the Warriors not only have too many weapons, but they're so unselfish, and it spreads all the way down to, you know, Caspi and Jordan Bell, and everybody that comes in, uh, you know, plays that system the way it's supposed to be played. And even Nick Young, who's a, you know, yeah. a sort of narcissist, I guess, <laughs> you know, it, it has been uh, fitting in great, and... Uh, it's 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 just it's just so great to watch, and I'm really glad to see it. I mean, yeah. it wasn't so long ago that the NBA it seemed like every team was playing isolation. It was, you know, it was 
it was just brutal to brutal to watch. Yeah, people standing around and mm-hmm. and uh, how that happened, I'll never know. But it's gotten back on the right. Track. You know, I, I think it has to do with Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson and the All Star Game. Remember that? Where it was, it was like Magic Johnson's last All Star Game, and it was just one on one. I think that's where it started. Yeah. Well, you know, fun. It's it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. Not is for a great word. It's fun. There's nothing really bad about about fun, and, and you know, Steve Kerr really preaches that, and. And these guys have get a great big kick out of making everybody else look good, which is a great trait in in sports and in life. Well, you know, and Nick Young, which what's really cool about watching him, you almost start watching him like you watch Curry when he gets uh, behind the three point line. I mean, his his average is what forty something percent. Yeah, that's they, they've, he's doing exactly what they wanted him to do, and you know he, he's in heaven right now. Not only has he never played for a winner, but they're letting you know they're telling him to just shoot. You know, you get the ball, shoot. Yep. If you're, assuming you're open, don't take a crazy shot, mm-hmm. although he has taken a couple, and they're going in, too. But I really was pretty skeptical about him joining the Warriors, but he's proven to be a great addition. He's a good guy, and and he's uh, really fitting in. Bruce Jenkins of the Chronicle uh, in San Francisco, longtime sports writer, joining us. We're talking a little NBA basketball here. And one of the things that's uh, intriguing, too, Bruce, is everybody's pointing to the you know, April, which is a, a long ways off in, in a inevitable uh, matchup. Well, not it wouldn't be in April. It wouldn't be until June of, of the Warriors and, and Cleveland for the fourth year in a row. And the way the Cavs have been playing lately, uh, winning a lot of close games, and they don't really have their complete team there, and LeBron seems to be on this mission. It's, it's an intriguing um, kind of a, a rivalry. They're going to meet on Christmas Day, uh, but they only play twice during the regular season, which kind of makes the whole thing seem a little strange. I don't know. I, I guess that's just the way the NBA is, though. You know, you have to you only get to play the Eastern teams one, one time at home, one time on the road, and that's it. So uh, what's your read on Cleveland right now? Well, they, uh, they've really taken off. I think that they had to figure out, you know, their starters and their bench. They had to figure out Dwayne Wade. They had to figure out Derrick Rose. Uh, and it, it sorted itself out in a couple of ways. Wade, Wade is on the defensive unit with uh, Kyle Corver and Jeff Green and Channing Fry. That's really, really thriving. And Derek Rose, who really wasn't fitting in at all, is, may need uh, some surgery on his ankle, and he's out of the picture, which is which is good for them. And uh, you know, I feel bad for him, but um, he's his career is really winding down, and he doesn't really have a place on that team. You know, LeBron, I don't even know what to say about him. I, I, I just don't even get it. You know? <laughs> he is amazing. I mean, what is he? 32, 33? and he, he thirty-three, fifteen years in the league, and he's just still just destroying people. Yeah, hasn't lost a thing. How long has Dwayne Wade? But he's a little older, isn't he? Yeah, I, I'm not but, sure how no, many years. Yeah, LeBron think he's came in be. right out of high school, but yeah, uh, yeah Wade. Wade is uh, he's right where he wants to be. He's he's not being asked to do too much, but. Yeah. He's sort of a leader of that second unit, and you know he and LeBron are, are longtime close friends. So that it's going to be really interesting when Isaiah Thomas joins them, which could be for that mm. Christmas Day game, which that would be great. But it's going to be sooner than later, and you know that's a great element that they can add to the team. You'd think that it would everything would go great. There'll probably be an adjustment period, but I don't know. About three weeks ago, I thought it was going to be Boston in the finals against the Warriors, but I'm kind of leaning back toward Cleveland now. It's interesting with LeBron, too, because of the fact that, he, as you mentioned, he's been in the league so long and he hasn't lost a thing and he hasn't had many injuries or if the injuries he's had, you know, he seems to fight through them, uh, little nags and, and nicks. But the thing I've noticed, Bruce, about LeBron, you know, those of us who are good at one thing, and I'm not talking about myself, maybe you are, are an example of it, but uh, you, you kind of have to dedicate your life to it. And LeBron is, is almost like basketball incarnate. I mean, I don't get the feeling that he does anything 
outside of just hanging out with his family and, you know, friends and so on. But he's not a – you never hear anything about him off the court. It's just basketball, family, and it, it's a pretty simple life. And I think maybe that and just good genetics and, and dedication, maybe that's the secret to su- his success. I don't know. Yeah, well, he does have a good family life. He's got a kid, LeBron Jr., who who's, looks like a great kid and a great athlete. Um, he works out, uh, you know, maniacally to keep himself in the kind of shape that we see him today. And, you know, between those two things and the travel, that takes up a lot of your time. I, I don't think he's a big nightclubber. He's not out at it's 3 in the morning when nothing good can happen. Yeah, yeah I don't know how these guys, um, with all the traveling on airplanes, I, I just don't get it. I mean, that is just, that just Well, especially in the NBA, because yeah. even though they do travel, I think, in some respects, I got to travel a couple times to the Warriors, and you wouldn't believe how nice that uh, situation is in the last 20, 25 years. But at the same time, you know, these are people that that are young and they can get away with uh, the night clubbing and Bruce you know when you were a when you were a young reporter I know you went out with your buddies and and had a good time on the road uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys uh, enjoyed the nightlife a little bit but uh, oh, yeah. what, what's you know how do athletes uh, find that uh, middle ground you know to to having a good time and, and staying you know focused and, and doing the what they have to do what they're being paid to do uh, amphetamines. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about my day. I mean, you know, we were, I, I, you know, that's, that's a broad statement. I don't mean that entirely seriously. But uh, in baseball, in when I was covering it in the 1980s, uh, we were all, you know, especially the, the, those Billy Martin teams, we were all going out and having a good time. We were all out, staying out late. And it's one thing to be a writer and to sleep in until 4 if you have to. But it's another to be a ball player and get out there early, be ready to play. Yeah. And if you if you've been out drinking or God knows what, you know what may worse. There's a lot of drugs in the game back then. Uh, you know, had guys who were really dragging, and amphetamines were incredibly popular. Not very healthy, but you know it's a difference between showing up at the park, just wanting to take a nap, and, and feeling like you know I, I can hit a 101 mile an hour fastball at midnight. Mm. Mm. Hey, you know, uh, you mentioned we're talking about uh, late night party jinx and so on. Jose Canseco's name has come up a lot. I know he just got released from a, a contract uh, with um, one of the local television affiliates because he made some rather <laughs> off-the-wall remarks. Jose Canseco is, one of, to me, one of the most fascinating characters because he's he's just a loose cannon. There's no filter on this guy, but he could have been a Hall of Famer, couldn't he? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, he was on the, he was on the road uh, to that. Yeah, I mean, when he, when he broke in with the A's, he was uh, you know, a revelation, and next thing you know, he, he, he's you know, his home run numbers are staggering. He just yeah. he didn't have the longevity, and I don't know the exactly the exact story of his decline, but it was definitely there. I think when the ball bounced off his head uh, for a home run, that's what that's what did him in. Tell you what, hey Bruce, can you stay with us uh, for one more segment? Yeah, really quick. I, I don't understand how he, how he was hired to be in the A studio in the begin with. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think they were just looking for a little knowing television, and I worked in television for a while. They're looking for flash. Yeah, you know, flash, they're looking for exactly. for eyeballs, as they say. All right, here's our second uh, famous NBA game winning shot: uh, the 1987 Eastern Conference Finals uh, Finals series between the Boston Celtics and Detroit Pistons would last seven games. During Game 5, the Celtics were down 107-106 with five seconds remaining. Pistons had to inbound the ball near their own basket. Isaiah Thomas tried to pass it to Bill Lambeer, but the pass was stolen by Larry Bird. Bird then passed the ball to which Celtic who made the game-winning layup? That's our trivia question. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back.
Cruise into the holiday season sipping drinks and enjoying bay views with Hornblower Cruises and Events. Step aboard for a champagne brunch, savor the culinary creations with a festive dinner, or watch the fireworks from the water on a New Year's Eve gala. Make a splash and give the gift of a Hornblower Cruise or start a new holiday tradition. There's a cruise for any occasion. Sailing all December long, visit hornblower.com for reservations today. Are you still searching for that perfect gift? Dell has an amazing selection with something for everyone on your list. Check out dell.com to find the best brands of electronics, like gorgeous LG TVs, plus the hottest laptops with Intel Core processors and the latest gaming PCs. There's still time to get something great under the tree. And did we mention there's free shipping on everything? Call 800 by dell That's 800 by dell Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Savor the best of Napa Valley during Winter in the Wineries, December 2nd, 2017 through February 4th, 2018. Calistoga's annual Wine Passport event provides the perfect, relaxed, romantic getaway during Cabernet season. Come discover both legendary wineries and small hidden gems sprinkled around Calistoga. You'll appreciate the slower pace of this special time of year in Napa Valley and soak up a bit more personal attention along the way with tastings at 17 exquisite wineries, large and small, that express the beauty of this distinct wine-growing region. You may want to make more than one trip to explore them all within this two-month period. To book your Winter in the Wineries passport package, email relax at mountviewhotel.com or call 707-942-6877. That's 707-942-6877 or send email to relax at mountviewhotel.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Edward Brown here along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question was... The 1987 Eastern Conference Finals, talking NBA here, series between the Boston Celtics and Detroit Pistons would last seven games. During Game 5, the Celtics were down 107-106 to with five seconds remaining. The Pistons had to inbound the ball near their own basket. Isaiah Thomas tried to pass it to Bill Lambeer, but the pass was stolen by Larry Bird. Bird then passed the ball to which Celtic? Who hmm. then made the game-winning layup? You want to take a stab at that one, Bruce? Yeah, that's that's uh, that's frozen in my mind forever. That was that was Dennis Johnson. Dennis Johnson, very good. Very good. I got to know Dennis Johnson when I was up in Seattle, and he teamed up with Gus Williams. And yeah. it's kind of a kind of a sad story. Dennis passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, he was a terrific player. I remember a game when the Sonics were defending champions. They're playing Milwaukee in the first round, and this was a game at uh, what is now called Key Arena. Yeah. And with one second to go, he throws up a, a shot from about 40 feet 
that went in, that mm. won the game. And, and it turned out to be huge because they won that series by four games to three. And Bob Lanier, after the game, was just incensed. And he goes, I said, what do you think is going to happen uh, in the next game? And he looked at me and goes, I think we're going to kick him in the you-know-where. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff. So Bruce Jenkins from the San Francisco Chronicle. I want to ask you a quick basketball, uh, college basketball issue. So the University of Louisville apparently is suing former coach Patino for potential monetary damages uh, from the vacated wins, 123 of them, including the Final Four appearance and their 2013 title because of the potential revenue sharing loss. Do you want to comment on that at all? Well, that's a complex story. I, I, I don't believe in vacating wins. I mean, the wins, the wins went down. The, 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 kids, the kids earned them. They, they put them on the, in the books, and they should always stay that way. Now, the, the penalties for what they did, you know, can't be too harsh for me because it's so sordid and nasty. It's a really nasty business. I thought Patino had a lot of gall to sue the university. Yeah, he did that too. <laughs> you know, and I, I would hope that he gets, gets nowhere there. Uh, but, you know, there's a... There's a story that the Fainru brothers, Steve and Mark, have an ESPN. Oh, yeah. They really went in depth on that story. They went down to Louisville, and it's the story just came out. I just printed it out on my computer this morning, so I want to read that and go learn a little more about it. But it's really symptomatic of a sort of a you know the the underbelly of college basketball is is quite unseemly. And and here's you know Louisville being one of the most prominent programs with one of the most high profile coaches right in the middle of it. It's it's just really distasteful. Sometimes it's hard to watch. You know, a game with Louisville or some of the teams that are involved without thinking about what goes in, into it. Well, that's what one of the things I was going to th- talk about was, do you think maybe that there's, there's just too much money in D1 programs that it's just too tempting to cheap? Like, uh, you know, the steroid use um, by, by players basically is say, you know what, I, I can just make way too much money by giving it a shot of, uh, you know, doing steroids. Okay, if I get caught, well, okay, maybe I'll, you know, have to pay some penalty or whatever, but... You know, you get a hundred million dollar contract. It's that's, that's worth that's worth cheating for. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, you know, money and and success can make people feel uh, bulletproof. You know, in, in any any walk of life. I mean, look at all the high profile men being taken down on on sexual harassment. They, they just think, you know, I can get away with this. Well, you know, you really can't. Although a lot of people do. And, and the thing is about it is that. The, the temptations are always going to be there. I don't think anything's going to really change, you know, between the shoe companies and uh, all, all the stuff that goes into behind the scenes, people trying to make money and get ahead and, and uh, you know, get players that through uh, unsavory means. It's always going to happen uh, the, because of because money and greed are forever. Yeah, and one of the problems too, Bruce, I think is that uh, complicating this whole thing is that football and basketball revenue – drive these athletic departments to allow them to, you know, to put a, a women's soccer, a men's uh, lacrosse team. I mean, these sports don't pay for themselves, but the basketball and football do. So there's even more emphasis and more pressure on these guys to win. The, the coaches are making now $5 million, some of them. I mean, it's, it's just gotten to the point of the absurd, I think. Yeah, yeah and there's always a conversation of should the players, the players uh, be paid. Yeah. And I, I like the idea in principle. I just wonder, you know, in, in actuality, let's say you've got a football team and you've got a six or seven, you know, it, it's it's a power five team. You've got you got six or seven guys are going to go in the pros, and of course they should be paid and you know pretty handsomely. But what about a what about a guy who who nobody heard of, 
in in fall practice, kind of a walk-on who, who wasn't making any money, and all of a sudden, you know, in the middle of the season, he's like a you know a really influential offensive tackle. Is all, what does he make? You know, what, what is the what is the second string cornerback make? I mean, is there a scale, a pay scale, and then that leads to jealousy and greed and everything else? I mean, yeah. you can't pay everybody what you're paying, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley. But you, but that it, that actually goes beyond college. I mean, you could talk about that in the pros too. Oh well, right? but we do. But you're yeah. you're a pro. You're a professional. Yeah. Once, once you're a, once you're a professional in any business, of course, there's a scale. Yeah. And, and again, I think one of the reasons, and I know you love college basketball and, and football, but at the same time, you, you, you're looking at it not through a jaundiced eye, but realistically, one of the reasons I, I hate to say it, why I don't follow the college sports as much as I used to, is that it's just, I guess this is true of all of, you know, every walk of life, there's just so much more emphasis on the bottom line and maximizing your profit. How can I monetize this? How can I take advantage of that? And sports is, is not impervious to that by any means. If, if anything, it's, it's more so that way. You're so. not talking about the Miami Marlins, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i got to ask you about that. By the way, that's a good one. I'm glad you brought that. What's your read on what's going on with, with uh, the Miami Marlins? Because I know that they, they really do need to shed some payroll, but at the same time, I mean, their fans are just – they've got to be outraged. This is the third ownership group they've had – and it just seems like every ownership, whether it's Wayne Heisinger or Jeffrey Loria and now Derek Jeter's group, they don't seem to, at least on the surface, want to spend the money. What's going on down there in Florida? Yeah, I, I thought Derek Jeter would approach this with, with a lot more tact. He seems to be, uh, I don't want to say overmatched, but he, he's done so many things to irritate the fans down there, You know, just from letting people go like Tony Perez, Jeff Conine, Andre Dawson, Jack McKeon, who are like mainstays, you know, behind the scenes. Um, he inherited, you know, the terrible Stanton contract from Jeffrey Loria, which should never have happened, or the, tra- the no trade clause. He was stuck with that, and, and you know, unloading that was the number one priority. So right away, you know, you're getting in, into the territory of irritating the fans. But you know, now they've traded Ozuna. They might trade Yelich. And just to like a, they've already traded D. Gordon. I mean, just a rude, complete house cleaning that reminds those fans of the bad days even with even with jeter it's 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 not totally surprising to me that 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 they're downscaling but just to have this massive you know shot to the fans jaw is uh is really unsettling well it underscores the fact that i think fans live in the we all live in the here and now i mean it's it's the whole thing oh you got to be mindful of what's going on right now forget about the past but you know, the, we seem to forget that in the 20-year history of the Marlins, or 21 years, they've won two championships. Here in the Bay Area, we have a team that nearly lost 100 games last year, the San Francisco Giants, who are going through some rough times. But recently, they won their first three championships on the West Coast after a drought of over 50 years. So I guess it's hard, though, for fans, and it's hard for all of us, to kind of have that perspective, isn't it? Because we live in such a here-in-the-now kind of world. Yeah, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, what, you, what the Giants did was win three titles in five years, but that was ancient times. That That's was three right, years exactly, ago. Yeah. And the Marlins, you know, they won their last one in 2003 with a completely different group. Bruce well, mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I think the hard part for the Giants, though, losing 100 games. I mean, it's, well, it's one thing they didn't lose to 100, but it was close. I mean, yeah, well, yeah. okay, but I mean, yeah. but let's put it this way. Uh, not being very good. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also, Bruce, would you would know this better than most most of us out there listening that here in California, especially because the lifestyle is such that people 
can do so many other things besides go to a game. I mean, the, you know, the, the activities that are available, the weather is perfect. You really do have to put a competitive team on the field to have any chance of drawing uh, you know, decent crowds. Yeah, and I think the Giants are going to do that. I mean, they haven't made any progress yet. It's a long winter. The winter meetings are not the end all of this thing. It's, it's a chance to lay some groundwork uh, for things to come. But, you know, I, I wouldn't put the expectations too high of them coming back with, like, suddenly, like, an all-star outfield or an all-star third baseman. It might happen, but I just think there's too much in place there. Uh, the pitching is good. The defense, they've got a lot of guys who have won. They've got guys intent on bouncing back. And, uh, you know, they're not, I don't think they're going to take down the Dodgers. But, you know, AT&T Park's a wonderful place to be if anything is going on at all. Mm. And uh, they drew quite a few fans this year, even through all the, all the depression of it. And uh, I, I think in that sense, I, I don't think it's going to be any kind of ghost town uh, <laughs> really ever, but especially this, this coming year. Not like Levi's Stadium for the 49ers, although there, there's a story now, you know, as we speak. Hey, They've got this young quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, who has sort of turned things around, and we'll see what happens there. Hey, before we let you go, Edward and I never talk about soccer, and soccer is so huge in Europe, and it's become so big in the United States, um, mostly because of the fact that now with satellite television, you can watch all of the Premier League games. You can watch the Bundesliga. I know you've covered um, games overseas. Uh, What's going on with, with pro soccer now in terms of, here in the United States, are we ever going to have any kind of competitive uh, balance between the U.S. And, and England, or is it always going to be Europe is going to be the center because that's always where it's been? Well, we're Brazil. Or, well, <laughs> but Brazil doesn't have the money. Is what I'm saying. You know, they don't have the, they don't have the kind of well, resources true, with television. But I mean, yeah. you watch a lot of these Premier League games. I'm presuming, Bruce, and you've you've covered them. You've gone over there. What's uh, what's the future of soccer in this country? Because there are a lot more kids playing it today. But it just seems like the the leagues around in the United States, the MLS, it's very modest. It's like minor leagues. Well, every, all the kids play it, but at some point they branch off. And I don't know, it, it's so simple. I think in a lot of cases, kids just want to start using their hands. You know, they want to, they want to, they want to shoot a basketball, throw a football, play a little baseball, and maybe stay on the soccer field, but not in this, this maniacal dedication that you'll get in South America and Asia in Europe, where it's the whole thing. You, you, you start playing soccer, you're any good, man. That's it. You're going to be a soccer player for life. And I, there's always a chance we'll get a magic generation in the U.S. with like more than one uh, Pulisic, who's a phenomenal player who grew up here. And you know, the simple fact is that even when they do get to be the level of a Christian Pulisic, they're going to have to go over to Europe and and play there because that's where it's at. Yeah, but I think with all the immigration that's been going on, you know, eventually some of these kids are going to, you know, they could feel like Americans and they'll want to... But you have to have a, a league and I just yeah. don't ever see that happening here. I think one of the big problems, Bruce, tell me if I'm wrong, is television. Uh, soccer is... I love watching soccer on television, but they're not the natural breaks for commercials. These, t- You know, that's one of the big reasons why soccer has not been a big hit huh. in this country because the games are about an hour and a half long and, you know, with football you're, you're, and basketball and baseball, the natural breaks, you have that you know the the spot to put in the the two yeah. minute break and, and in soccer where do you do that I mean that's that's television rules the, the rules. no what will happen is soccer they'll change the rules and they'll say you uh, know, don't want to do that <laughs> don't want to don't want to mess with it <laughs> right when you guys are ready to score sorry got to yeah, go for the break yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Unless there's no demand to watch the MLS I mean yeah. I, I don't know why a network we could hook up with them. Uh, a being wary of the lack of commercials but you're not watching the best players. <laughs> 
the, the, the reason I got into soccer was because I was traveling to Europe and got to watch watch it over there, and I was just blown away by the atmosphere, the mood, the you know, the the, the level of play, the, the just the, the fans chanting in the stands, how much it meant. And ever since then, I've followed, you know, I follow Arsenal, Man, Man City, Real Madrid, I've bought Bayern, Munich, PSG. I'm, I just, any chance I could get to, to watch the best players in the world, to say little, nothing of the Champions League or the World Cup, but, you know, I'm right there. Well, hey, Bruce, it's been awesome having you on again. Um, we are going to have to cut to our last commercial break. We want to let you go and want to thank you again for joining us on Sports Econ 101. So great to talk to you, Bruce. Thanks for asking, guys. Okay. All, All right. right. Get out and get catch some waves, man. Okay. <laughs> Bruce is like me. He's a, a surfer. A big surfer? Okay. Big surfer. But he goes over to Hawaii. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, on a regular basis. All right. Quick okay. last question. The 1990 NBA Finals featured the Detroit Pistons and Portland Trailblazers. The score was tied 90-90 with 10 seconds remaining in the game. Pistons had the ball. What piston, after receiving a pass along the right sideline, made a 14-foot jumper that left .7 on the game clock and eventually won for the Pistons? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. Be right back. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no-obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical, and some may not qualify. The consultation is free, and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. 
you only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063-800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. The 1990 NBA Finals featured the Detroit Pistons and the Portland Trail Blazers. The score was tied 90-90 with 10 seconds remaining in the game. The Pistons had the ball. What piston, after receiving a ball along the, or receiving a pass, excuse me, along the right, right base, ba- let me try this again. Right baseline. Yes, yeah, right, yeah. right sideline. Yeah. What yeah. piston, after receiving a pass along the right sideline, yeah. made a 14-foot jumper that left .7 on the game clock and eventually won the game for the Pistons? Got to be a backcourt guy. And, you know, Isaiah Thomas is the obvious name, but I'm thinking it's more like Joe Dumars or Vinny Johnson. I'm going to say Vinny Johnson. Vinny Johnson, that yeah, is yeah. correct. Vinny jo- Another guy I covered in Seattle. He started his career with the Sonics when they were world champions, defending world yeah. champions, and, and didn't get a break there. And eventually landed in Detroit and had a great career there. Yeah. Good yeah. guy. Good guy. Seems and like he was just a kid guy. when I was up in Seattle. This is back in 1979-80. Uh, boy, that was a great team. You know, Dennis Johnson, Gus Williams, John Johnson, Jack Sigma, Tom Lagarde, uh, Vinny Johnson. Did Walt, uh, did, uh, Lenny Walton? Wilkins was the head coach. When did Walton play for them? Walton did not play for them. He played for the Portland Trailblazers. Bill Walton. Oh, was, you're talking about Seattle Sox. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I, you're, you're confusing the two northwestern cities. Because yeah. Port, I, I, the, the question was Detroit and, and Portland. And yeah, so I know. I know. Portland, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Portland actually had a, a great little run in the early 90s, but they didn't win a championship. Their only championship was in 77 yeah. with Walton and Jack Ramsey, who was just a brilliant coach who just passed away a couple years ago. He had, I think he had a doctorate, but he was, you talk to the guy and he was just in a different realm. Huh. He wasn't like your typical coach. Smart guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, very smart, very well-educated, very worldly. All right. We're going to cut out for today. Here's our thoughts for the day. Think big and don't listen to people who tell you it can't be done. Life's too short to think small. And rise above the storm and you will find the sunshine. <laughs> that, that's go. true. I like that. You like that's that one? A good one, yeah. All right. Tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long. <laughs>